Warning, the podcast you are about to hear is often based on true events and people. It chronicles the dialogue and actions of random, anonymous, obnoxious, self-entitled, unintelligent, self-centered idiots, attention whores, ignoramuses, dolts, clods, nimrods, douches, weirdos, drama queens, overly sensitive crybabies, and people who think they are better, more important, and special than the rest of us. In one word, amateurs. It's Amateur Nation with Lou Santini. We call attention to and call out the amateurs, the people who are doing life wrong, the speed bumps of life, the people that are in your way every day, the unintelligent, obnoxious, attention-whoring, self-entitled drama queen victim types who chip away at the moments of your life due to no self-awareness, common sense, manners, or social skills, and are disturbing the flow of the pros. That's you. Hi, Mom. Oh, hey, Lou. Amateur Nation, it's not just a podcast, it's a movement. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. I'd like to think so, and this is episode 197, Amateur Nation. Ow! My everything! Last week, I talked about PayPal backpedaling in their attempt to steal $2,500 from customers' bank accounts if they felt they were spreading misinformation. And thusly, their stock lost almost $6 billion overnight. To that order, this from Cassandra McDonald at Cassandra Rules on Twitter. She wrote this. Call me old-fashioned, but I think people should be allowed to hate, question, distrust, or dislike anyone they want without losing their bank account. Here's what's happening in Amateur Nation. Hit me! Topic number Topic one. Topic number one. Number one. I'll start this topic by saying simply this. Wait for it. Winter is coming, and that means two things. Christmas is around the corner, and so are winter sweaters. Itchy, and now offensive. From lovethispick.com. Way back in 2015, when America was just disintegrating and not a complete commie shit show, some amateur posted a picture of herself on Twitter holding a cutesy Christmas sweater that read, quote, OCD, Obsessive Christmas Disorder. That sound you hear in the background is weak-willed amateurs sucking their thumbs while crying in a corner. <laughs> this amateur, like Cher, Pele, and Madonna, is so important, she only has one name. And of course, even that is spelled differently than the regular way because she's special. Her name is Rain. R-E-I-G-N, as in let amateur behavior reign. She wrote on Twitter, you know, where people go to not resolve their problems or issues, but rather call attention to the fact that they're hurt and or offended by insert noun here. In response to the sweater that read OCD, Obsessive Christmas Disorder, she wrote, As someone with OCD, I'd really appreciate it if you didn't sell my illness as a fashion statement. Oh, OCD is an illness. You know what? I'll give you mental disorder varying in severity. But illness? And yes, I know severe OCD can be quite disruptive in one's life. But between therapy and medication, OCD is quite treatable and in some cases can be eradicated from a person's daily life. No one ever died from OCD to my knowledge, but let's just build on the fact that I'm admittedly not a doctor and get back to the foundation of this podcast, common sense and logic. And let's all agree that this grown woman is an attention-starved amateur. And now the article. 
The department store Target garnered intense criticism for a Christmas sweater that seemingly mocked people who suffer from obsessive compulsive disorder. The store received backlash from customers who felt the sweater, which had the phrase obsessive Christmas disorder, written on the front, belittled and mocked a serious mental disorder. Mocked or turned a negative into a positive? I guess my female body inspector t-shirt will make FBI agents go running for a safe space. Target immediately responded to the backlash with an apology, but stopped short of removing the item from its stores. Keep in mind, folks, this is from 2015. And like I said, wait for it. The article continues, We never want to disappoint our guests, and we apologize for any discomfort. No, damn it, almost as much as I don't like when people do not apologize when they've committed wrongdoing is when people, and in this case corporations, apologize for doing nothing wrong. The article says, We currently do not have plans to remove this sweater, spokesman Josh Thomas said in a statement. Target was previously the center of similar controversy regarding a sign that referenced building sets and girls' building sets for sale. It was also criticized for selling a woman's t-shirt with the word trophy on the front, which inspired a successful petition for its removal. The truth is that millions of women and young girls are taken as trophies every year in war, sex trafficking, slavery, and rape. Ah, yes, those prominent rape trophies. The article continued, labeling any person as a trophy is demeaning to their humanity and objectifies them as a tangible object that can be bought, used, and disposed of. Man, trophy wives are going to be pissed. Target responded to that controversy by apologizing for offending customers. It is never our intention to offend anyone, the company's statement read. These shirts are intended as a fun wink and we have received an overwhelmingly positive response from our guests. And there it is. The word intention. Context. Something of which Amateur Nation knows nothing about and they refuse to acknowledge it. Because they know if they acknowledge intention and context, 95% plus of their complaints of being offended go out the window. But the intensity of their feelings, and feelings that came on instantly, like when you hit a buzzer on a game show, feelings that have been groomed, pampered, heard, and yes, even celebrated, those feelings run and ruin their lives. Feelings, they're so much easier to control than facts. Sidebar, and this is directed to those in Amateur Nation, not you, the pro listening to this podcast, but maybe you could bring this up next time some amateur gets their balls in a bunch or panties in a twist depending on how they identify. This question, how do you expect to live a long, happy, fulfilled life when you and your fellow amateurs find literally almost everything in life offensive? How do you expect to have good mental and physical health? If you can't let things like a sweater go, how do you expect to find a significant other, a fulfilling career? Oh, wait, that's right. You don't need a man or a woman in your life because you're all the same. Men and women are the exact same and they're equal, but they're different with special needs. And you're fighting the family unit and the patriarchy. And you don't need a fulfilling career because the government should provide your free college and health care and a job while they're at it. I mean, you're getting that stimulus check every now and then. That's free money. But I digress. Here is the, wait for it, payoff. 
from the store that would not apologize but kind of did for a harmless holiday sweater back in 2015, flash forward to May of 2022, this headline. Target unveils pro-trans merch for kids, chest binders, and packing underwear for 18+. On Target's website, clothing from the Pride line is labeled as adult wear, but the items include images of models who look much more like teenagers. Target also sells baby onesies and bibs reading My First Pride and pink tie-dye shirts for toddlers that read Trans Rights are human rights. What a difference a presidential administration makes. Topic number two. It's time for This Week in Hurdy Words. Saw this post by at Ann Lesby, Ph.D. A-N-N-L-E-S-B-Y, Ph.D. Obviously, she's a doctor of some kind. A woman who clearly has no problems. Here is her post. Stop calling women hot without consent. Regardless of intent, it is extremely dehumanizing to reduce a woman to a temperature. Well, one random amateur posted it, so now it's a law. So saith the doctor on thy Twitter. But at least there's the possibility of asking for consent, which the very idea of asking for consent to compliment a person blows my mind. But I'm a good sport. Here's how that conversation might go. Me. Hello, human who I may wrongfully assume is a birthing person. Do I have your consent to qualify your attractiveness as an increase in temperature? Possible birthing person says, yes, you may. And I say, thank you. I wanted to comment that I think you are hot. Possible birthing person. Whatever. Just memorize my pronouns and recognize that I identify as a coffee table. Today, that is. Now, go celebrate me. But wait, there's more. Speaking of doctors, this headline found on thefire.org. Your headline? University of Minnesota Medical School's updated Hippocratic Oath could raise compelled speech concerns. Now, I won't bore you with the details of the article, but instead of the traditional Hippocratic Oath, starting with the obvious pledge to first do no harm, this dean at the University of Minnesota Medical School, I say the college's name again, so that way if you have any doctors in your life that have a diploma from there, you can run out the door. This dean directs them to stand and recite each word in unison, suggesting recitation of the oath may indeed be mandatory. The students acknowledge they are on indigenous land, vow to fight white supremacy, and foster a culture of anti-racism, and promise to honor all indigenous ways of healing that have been historically marginalized by Western medicine. Me. Doctor, my arm hurts when I go like this. Amateur doctor from University of Minnesota. That's caused by white privilege. I'm going to prescribe you to attend a BLM riot and herbal tea. Me, what about Western medicine? Maybe Advil? Amateur doctor. Calm down, Hitler. And finally, just when you thought amateurs couldn't be more soft from word violence, and yes, I already covered how certain punctuation is deemed offensive and hostile by amateur nation, now emojis have amateurs hitting their heads like Rain Man boarding a plane. This from the New York Post. Gen Z canceled the hostile Thumbs up emoji and wants to ban these nine others. Buckle up. 
Cancel culture has officially come for emojis, the article says. Gen Zers are calling out the popular thumbs up emoji for being rude and hostile, even saying they feel attacked whenever they see it used in the workplace. After a Reddit poster confessed to being, quote, not adult enough to be comfortable with the thumbs up emoji reaction, others chimed in to agree and call out other common emojis such as the red heart. A 24-year-old Redditor wrote, For younger people, the thumbs up emoji is used to be really passive aggressive. It's super rude if someone just sends you a thumbs up so I also had a weird time adjusting because my workplace is the same. Okay, I need to know the name of your business so I can A, immediately stop doing business with them, and B, come to your workplace to take it over with zero force. The article continues, Older workers appeared flummoxed by the reaction, noting they use the thumbs up in work-related chats to signal, I approve, or I understand and will obey, you know, like adults with common sense. The article says part of the issue is that young people tend to use the thumbs up in jest. Barry Kennedy, a 24-year-old amateur, says, I only used it sarcastically, though sometimes I'm not even sure if the irony comes across. Well, there's your problem, Barry. Sarcasm and irony are not the same thing, amateur. The article says others complain that it comes across as dismissive. One Reddit user noted that the thumbs up actually means that I've read your message and have nothing to add, and I hope and pray all the bazillion people in this group chat have nothing to say on it, too. Instead, Gen Zers said they prefer a typed-out response. Now there's irony. An entire generation that communicates with the world's poorest grammar, that was raised on text messages, raised on emojis, lives on social media, now they want typed-out responses. Kim Law, a 25-year-old social worker from Massapequa, told The Post, We're people, and we have words to use. If I took the time to write out a thoughtful message, then you shouldn't be responding with the bare minimum. Fix it and write something real back. Several Reddit users agreed with the decision to cancel the emoji, saying that using it in a work environment makes the team members unaccommodating and seem unfriendly. Lifestyle and etiquette expert Elaine Swan, who has done corporate training on the matter, advises the avoidance of emojis all around in the professional world, if only to avoid misinterpretation. Emojis can be interpreted as disrespectful, Swan told the Post. It can differ from generation to generation. Across the board, people want to know they've been heard, and emojis do not convey that for everybody. On Reddit, some were less offended by the thumbs-up emoji, but felt the heart symbol was actually the most inappropriate. To me, the heart is reserved for friends and family and has a more intimate meaning of love, while thumbs up is just simple agreeing, commented one person. I actually find a heart emoji weird for work messages. I use heart emojis for things when someone says, I got a new kitten, or Susie did a really great job, added another adult. These people are in the workplace, fellow pros. They're handling your food, your money, your furniture, your cars, your car repairs, your home loans. But don't worry. They'll die soon. They won't live long. We know this. The article says, A survey of 2,000 people showed that a majority of people between the ages of 16 and 29, there's a shocker, believe that you are officially old if you use a thumbs-up or heart emoji. The official list 
of canceled emojis includes thumbs up, red heart, the OK hand symbol, the check mark, poop, loud crying face, monkey covering eyes, which I've never used that my whole life. You know, am I supposed to use that in emails when I'm discussing blind primates? The monkey covering eyes? When does that come up in my life? Uh, clapping hands. Apparently that's offensive now. Lipstick kiss mark. And grimacing face. The article says several studies regarding emojis uh, have been conducted, including one that suggested that including emojis in work emails actually makes you seem less powerful in your career. Another study suggested that using the infamous eggplant emoji is actually a major turnoff when it comes to dating. So, I'm here to solve problems, ladies and gentlemen. I know you listening to this podcast are a pro, but there's a lot of amateurs out there. I have come up with an alternative. Since words offend nearly everyone now, and punctuation and now emojis trigger amateurs too, why not communicate solely with sound effects and TV and movie drops just like I use on this show. For example, someone sends you an email with information you like rather than a thumbs-up emoji. Huh? Right. Or, or, your significant other of the opposite sex sends you a sweet message instead of a heart emoji. I'm not gay. You're not? No. Disagree with someone's email or text? Someone sends you an eggplant emoji? Fight fire with fire! I guess you could call that a dick. Horrified by this year's company financial projections? One of my favorites. <laughs> In a bad mood and just want to be left alone at the office? Reply with this handy sound effect. <laughs> Get an email from the boss asking you to work overtime for no extra pay? Coworker being an ass? Need a fast reply by an employee to a deadline request? Throw this little tag to light a fire under their ass. Have you made your point and that's final? Here's a mic drop. Literally. And finally, want to go out with a bang at your next company's Zoom meeting? How about this closer? Oh, dude, meeting's over. Every time I hear about someone being offended of something stupid, I always think of this quote from The Simpsons where Sideshow Bob is speaking to the parole board in prison and refers to the Springfield prison as a dank, urine-soaked hellhole. Uh, we object to the term urine-soaked hellhole when you could have said pee-pee-soaked heckhole. It's this simple. If you're offended by emojis, you're going to die young and stupidly. Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube, where every Thursday is Sneak Peek Thursday with a 60-second preview. You can also find me on Truth Social, Lou Santini 3, on Instagram, at Lou.Santini3, and on Getter, at Lou Santini. Hey, guess what's coming up next? That's right, topic number three. 
Pro's Lou Santini here. They're running out and half off. No amateurs, men's and women's t-shirts. Normally $22.95, now just $11.48. The men's tees are a soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in sport royal blue. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the Waving American flag set at the top. The women's tees are a lightweight, super soft, high-quality, pre-shrunk cotton poly blend in royal blue. And are fitted. Displaying the No Amateurs logo with the Waving American flag. T-shirts just $11.48. Please add $6.95 for shipping and handling for all orders inside the U.S. Spend $50 or more and your shipping is free. Available at lucantini.com slash shop. Be a pro. Say no to amateurs and order your half-off No Amateurs t-shirt today. There's been an odd shift in human behavior over the last 15-plus years. A sense of entitlement. A A constant constant need for attention. Ironically coupled with the need to be left alone. A desire to be treated the same as everyone else. Stupidly combined with the mindset of, I'm special, so treat me accordingly. Introducing the book Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills, the second edition. Inside, you'll read The Amateur Mission Statement, The 30 Truths About Amateurs, The Four Stages of Being an Amateur, Amateur Habitats and History, Social Media plus Me, Me, Me equals Amateur, Technology and Amateur Behavior, with dozens of real funny photos, weird signs, and laugh-out-loud real-life accounts and actual conversations vividly showing how us pros are surrounded by amateur nation every day. Download the expanded second edition of the ebook Amateur Nation, The Decline of Common Sense Manners and Social Skills. The second expanded edition, available now. Be a pro. Go to Amazon. Type Amateur Nation. Topic number three. Here it comes. The NFL gets their first trans cheerleader. We got penis. Yes, we do. We got penis. How about you? By the way, I'm sure Amateur Nation will see this topic and hear my little drops throughout during this segment as being homophobic. To be clear, I could care less who's gay. In everyday life, in entertainment, in my everyday personal life, in politics or professional sports, I could care less if there are male cheerleaders in the NFL. College football and basketball has plenty of male cheerleaders. So why the fuss about a trans cheerleader? That's easy, because it's stupid. It's an attention grab. It's also an attempt to undermine America's true pastime, pro football. Let's face it, Major League Baseball hasn't been America's pastime since the steroid scandals. But here we go. This story found everywhere, but I'm taking this one from tiphero.com. Justine Lindsay is the newest member of the NFL Top Cats, the Carolina Panthers cheerleading squad. Why is that making headlines? Because she's the first openly transgender cheerleader in the NFL. Lindsay announced the news on her Instagram. Cats out of the bag, you are looking at the newest member of the Carolina Panthers Top Cats cheerleaders, at Top Cats, as the first transgender female. See, this is where the trans movement, for lack of a better word, falls short. Because if you saw a picture of Justine, formerly, I don't know, Justin? You'd see a flat-chested, masculinely built, shaved bald male wearing a tank crop top and bikini bottoms. As my favorite humor writer Dave Barry once said, that's like taping a dandelion to your face and saying you're half man, half weed. By the way, I do give this guy props for changing his name to a real female name rather than a concept like Jazz or Rain or Zaya, like Dwayne Wayne's kid did. If you're going to pull the trigger, pull the trigger. I would have had more respect for the Carolina Panthers and or the NFL if they just would have hired a male cheerleader. I could care less about their sexuality. Now, does Justine's presence make the game better or worse? No. Does it affect the play on the field? No. 
Does it affect the other biological women who are cheerleaders and frankly are much more attractive and sexy than this guy? Time will tell. What it does do is undermines the NFL, creates another distraction and a list of important things going on in America that affect most Americans. It yet again chips away at traditional roles of man and woman, masculine and feminine, the amateur's rationale that it's time we break down the barriers, when that need is simply a false need created out of thin air for no true benefit except for those who can't seem to fit in with society or be accepting of themselves, so we have to do it for them. It fuels the fire for being made fun of. There may be ticket sale drops. Watch for some kind of altercation at some point amongst the female cheerleaders and Justine when it's time to share the locker room, or maybe an altercation from a spectator. But be assured, this won't go without some kind of controversy, lawsuit, march, protest, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't well known that she was transgender until now, the article says. In fact, many of her closest friends didn't even know. Okay, well, you'd have to be blind to see that this person isn't a biological female. Picture musical artist Seal in a cheerleader outfit with hoop earrings. Oh, I I really, if amateurs ever do listen to this podcast, this is definitely one of the episodes they need to hear. That music says one thing, it's time for a la carte. A friend of mine posts old black and white photos of America throughout history, usually during the Industrial Revolution, and recently showed a photo of a man standing next to the top of a telephone pole because North Dakota got 40 feet of snow way back in 1966. 40 feet. But wait, with climate change, should North Dakota be getting at least 100 feet of snow by now? People are suffering. People are dying. I know. Soon I'll be seeing all the suffering people in Panama City, Florida when I go on vacation. I just hope my heart can take all the suffering. Speaking of hoaxes, mentally deranged 19-year-old multimillionaire yacht owner, climate change liar, and future Leonardo DiCaprio ex-girlfriend Greta Thunberg says she would never go out drinking. Good. Now there's no excuse for your psychosis. How dare you? Yeah, calm down, midget. Here's a fun fact from at Real Spike Cohen. About a week ago, in 1979, the Department of Education was created. 43 years and trillions of taxpayer dollars later, education in America has worsened by every available metric. It is long past time to end federal involvement in education. And I couldn't agree more. Wouldn't you say enough time has gone by to determine that the Department of Education has been a massive fail? It's time for This Week in Hollywood Oppression. Super Mario Brothers actor John Leguizamo slams the all-white cast of the remake and lack of Latinx leads as Chris Pratt is cast as Mario, who, by the way, is Italian. Mario is. Oh, oh, hang on. This just in. Latinx isn't a word, nor do the majority of Latin people like it or use it. Oh, another one. This just in. As Mindy Robinson noted on Instagram, you know who didn't complain about the all-white cast of Super Mario? The Japanese guy that created it. Amateur Nation, your beloved Bernie Sanders can be added to the list of out-of-touch amateurs when he actually said, 
Inflation is not going up in the U.S. because the working class got a $1,400 check 19 months ago. Multinational corporations are jacking up prices worldwide. Hey, Bernie, just because you're not feeling the hit from every angle like us working class stiffs doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Tell that to my grocery, utility, and gas bill. He's a complete amateur. (laughs) Oh, I know. Oh, by the way, amateurs, it's not that we're so much pro-Trump. It's that we're pro-America. Whereas your guy, President Coloring Book, the guy destroying the country from the inside out, the guy annihilating the middle class, the guy who is in bed with China and Ukraine and spends his free time sniffing and touching children while literally stealing from the American citizens and stripping away your privacy, money, and constitutional rights daily. Yeah, your guy hates America. Well, he's an asshole, that's what. So what? It's his age. So yeah, we pros are going to follow any and all leaders who do just that. Lead America. Protect America and put America first. Not coddling and pandering to whiny citizens who reap the benefits of America while constantly bitching about how life isn't fair and how America is terrible. We pros side with America first. There are three things that have been done right every single week. I find them. Here's one of them. Number one. Okay, we talked about the NFL's first trans cheerleader. Listen to this informative audio clip from PragerU featuring Abigail Schreier. She's the author of Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters, where she analyzes the phenomena of the surge of not just the trans craze overall, but the fact that it's becoming more prominent in girls rather than boys to disastrous effects. If you are the parent of a preteen or teen girl, please listen carefully. If you know any middle or high school girls today, or if you are one yourself, it would not be surprising if you know someone who identifies as transgender. The latest statistics indicate that 2% of American high school students now identify as transgender, and the overwhelming majority of them are teenage girls. Between 2016 and 2017 alone, The number of females seeking gender surgery in America quadrupled. But if you graduated high school over a decade ago, it was unlikely that you knew anyone who was transgender because, according to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, the condition underlying it afflicted roughly 1 in 10,000 people, or 0.01% of the population. Almost none of these cases were teenage girls. In fact, before 2012... There was no scientific or medical literature discussing adolescent girls who wanted to transition to the opposite sex. That doesn't mean that we didn't know about transgender individuals. Gender dysphoria, the severe discomfort in one's biological sex, has been studied for nearly 100 years. It almost always involved boys who began feeling it between the ages of two and four and were strong and persistent in their assertions to everyone around them that they were really girls. When a phenomenon that affects one half of a population, boys, suddenly begins affecting the other half, girls, and when its age of onset shifts from preschool to adolescence, something significant is happening. In 2016, Brown University public health researcher Lisa Lippman began studying the sudden spike in trans identification of teenage girls. She concluded 
that peer influence and social media influence had a lot to do with this trans teen phenomenon. After all, based on parent reports, none of these girls had exhibited symptoms of gender dysphoria at the age that it typically first presents, early childhood. YouTube, Reddit, Tumblr, TikTok, and Instagram all host popular social media influencers, today's version of Hollywood stars, who insist that if you feel uncomfortable in your body, you're probably trans. Many promise that if you start a course of testosterone, all of your problems will go away. There's every reason to believe that these girls are experiencing real psychological pain. Rates of anxiety, depression, and instances of self-harm are all at record levels for this generation. A quick fix becomes very tempting. So it doesn't take much, a YouTube video, a friend's suggestion, to get a troubled girl to buy into the fantasy that gender transition is the answer. Unfortunately for these girls who do not have typical gender dysphoria, gender transition rarely offers relief. And it's a catastrophic mistake for psychologists, educators, and the medical establishment to rush these teens towards a solution that will almost certainly harm rather than heal. Because here's what's not in dispute. Unnecessary medical gender transition causes irreversible damage, high risk of infertility, sexual dysfunction, and the creation of a permanent medical patient. Tragically, we've made it far too easy for kids to take this path long before they're ready psychologically or emotionally to make such a life-altering decision. Testosterone is easily obtained by today's teens. In Oregon, a 15-year-old can walk into a gender clinic. Yes, there are now gender clinics all over the country and walk out the same day with a prescription for testosterone without her parents' permission. 16-year-old girls have been able to undergo double mastectomies, the removal of both breasts, without even a therapist's note. Predictably, hasty gender transition, remember we're talking about teenagers here, is now leading to a lot of regret. New testimonials appear on YouTube almost every week from teens who acknowledge that they made a terrible mistake and warn others not to make the same one. So how do you protect your daughter from being drawn into this dangerous and growing trend? First, limit their exposure to social media as much as you can. Several academic studies have already linked the alarming rates of anxiety and depression to young girls' punishing experience on social media, a place that often makes them feel sad, unattractive, and alone. Second, oppose the teaching of gender ideology in your kid's school. In California, gender identity education begins in kindergarten and proceeds through high school. The theme is that kids' gender identity is totally independent of their physical sex and something that only they can know. Schools can and should insist that every child be treated respectfully without sowing gender confusion in an entire student population. Third, and most importantly, remember that a teenager is still just a teenager. You don't have to agree with every identity proclamation your daughter comes up with. Knowledge of her identity will develop over time. Until then, being the adult in the relationship is the most loving thing you can do. I'm Abigail Schreier, author of Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters for Prager University. Again, the name of that book is Irreversible Damage, the Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters. Number two. I love Chad Jackson's mind. 
You've heard me talk about Chad many times on this show. He's been a guest on the show. He was prominently featured in the critically acclaimed documentary Uncle Tom and is one of the producers and stars of the equally strong sequel Uncle Tom 2. Recently, he posted a clip from Twitter where someone by the name of Nina Turner, at Nina Turner, posted this. Conservatives, define woke. To which Chad Jackson gave this mic drop. Woke a word that communists title themselves in order to come off as caring and insightful, since communist has a negative connotation to it. As an added measure of deception, they project their nefarious lust for big government onto conservatives by calling them fascists. Oh, that's a mic drop. And number three. On episode 183, Amateur Nation is a Cult, I had a topic where this person... Meaning, they identify as animal, sometimes, and engage in sexual activity as such, and or go throughout the day acting accordingly. Jesus, this is a real sentence I'm saying. Anyway, this woman named Dasha was, for lack of a better word, coaching other cat furries about how to communicate simply via meows, denoting that certain meows mean certain things. Here is the clip from episode 183. Stay with me. Here it is. Okay, hi guys. So, my name's Dasha. I'm a furry. And I'm going to be teaching you guys some ways that my friends and I meow to one another to communicate when words just seem a little too difficult. So, here we go. Okay, so first off, we have the normal meow that we just use mostly to get each other's attention. Meow. Okay, then we have the dissatisfied meow. And the angry meow, but we only use this one on rare occasions because overall we're a very happy kitten family. Meow. Then the happy or content meow. Meow. Okay, then one of the most important ones for our kitten family is the I want to go potty meow. It took me a really long time to master this meow because it, it needs to be really specific in order for my kittens to understand. Okay, this is the most important meow for me, and it's the I need help wiping meow. Okay, and last but definitely not least is our in heat meow, and we use this when we need a little bit more special kitten attention, if you know what I mean. And of course, children want to be adults, or at least what they think adulthood is all about. And now there's talk about children wanting to be furries, cats, dogs, and such. Okay, well, I found this post on Facebook by someone by the name of Sherry Fogelberg Roswick. (laughs) And she wrote this. I love this. It's a great way to handle this. It adds a little levity to this whole furry discussion. She says, so there was a lot of talk about kids identifying as cats or dog furries, and this is hilarious. Imagine if you can that one of my boys told me they thought they were a cat. Sitting at the supper table, my son says, Dad, I think I'm a cat. Dad says, "Uh, no, son, you're a boy. Son says, no, Dad, some of my friends at school identify as cats. They call themselves furries, and so do I. It's my right, and you can't do anything about it. Dad says, okay. Son says, hey, where's my supper? And Dad says, well, your supper is in the cat food bowl in the corner. Now get off the table, you mangy cat. Son says, what? Dad hits him with the broom. Get off the table, furball. 
Now my son's in the corner looking bewildered. And my husband says, uh, me to my wife, is that cat neutered? My wife says, I will make an appointment. My son says, what? Dad says, your mother and I have decided we don't want a house cat, so get out in the barn and hunt mice. Son says, wait, what? Dad brandishes a broom. Now, to the barn, you stupid cat. And son says, dad, I think I'm a boy. Dad says, I thought so. Now sit down and eat your supper. Spay and neuter these animals. Stop them from reproducing. Today's society has enough Fruit Loops already. End of story. <laughs> that, was, that was really well done. Pronation to the rescue. Hey, if I read your email to me on the air, you get a free No Amateurs tea. Lou at LouSantini.com. Subscribe to Lou Santini Entertainment on Facebook and YouTube. Or you can find me on Truth Social at LouSantini3. Instagram, Lou.Santini3. Getter at LouSantini. Amateur Nation is not just a podcast. It's a movement. Remember, amateurs, we see you. You're not at home. Don't do life wrong. Go pro. Don't be an amateur. For Amateur Nation, I'm Lou Santini, and this has been a big major production.